Since that sneaky rat wore Admiral Stars, however, the CAG had smiled, saluted, and promptly rewritten the schedule to put himself in charge of the 16 starfighters and 47 other people in the two squadrons making up today's carrier space patrol. Just in case. All right, people, we have eight unknowns coming in a slow trajectory, and the old man wants us to make a sweep and see who they are, he told them. We're going to play it nice and careful, and that makes that sweep at half a million clicks and as high a delta V as we can turn between here and there. We are not, I repeat, not going to try and take on eight starships with sixteen starfighters. You get me, ladies and gentlemen? A series of acknowledgments came back, and the Vice Commodore smiled grimly. He might have his suspicions about this whole affair, but either way, his people were going to put on a good show and come back alive. One point six light minutes and counting people, he told them. Go. Any sense of acceleration would have suggested imminent failure of the 6,000-ton Starfighter's mass manipulators, but Michael Stanford was linked into his Falcon's computers via his own neural inputs. In a very real sense, the pilot was the little ship, and he accelerated toward the potential enemy at 500 times the gravity of humanity's ancient home. Forty-five minutes later, Michael's squadrons were pushing six and a half percent of light speed relative to their targets and watching as the starships spread out into an anti-fighter formation. The formation was a bog-standard one, used by every force that had encountered starfighters repeatedly, that cleared everyone's lines of fire. No clue there as to the stranger's identity. Sensor reports from his fighters were filtering back in, combining to give him a somewhat more detailed image of the ships. All eight were roughly the same mass and cubage, the roughly 12 million tons and 30 million cubic meters of the capital ships of a decade and more ago. Everyone go full active with sensors at our closest approach, he ordered. Radar, LIDAR, light them up and give me targeting solutions we can feed the battlegroup missiles. His starfighters carried blocks of quantum-entangled particles linked back to a switchboard facility in the castle system. Since Avalon carried almost identical blocks, any message they sent via the quantum entanglement communicators would reach her in fractions of a second, the longest delay being the length of the fiber-optic cables back home. Data Stanford-fed Battlegroup 17 could be used for immediate missile launches. Normally, this kind of scouting was the job of automated probes, which was part of why the CAG figured his people had to have smelt the rat by now. Pulsing sensors... Now, his engineer reported. The starfighter shivered slightly as it unleashed enough energy to strip paint at close range, and Russell waited patiently for the beams to hit their targets and rebound. His fighters were four seconds past their closest approach as the data came in and the computers began to crunch it. The vice commodore ran over it with a practiced eye. Two battleships, two carriers, four cruisers. No fighters launched except a defensive patrol yet. Then his computer pinged happily and dropped class identifiers onto every ship on the display. The carriers were both Ursine class, and the battleships were Hammer class, both of which were fifteen-year-old Castle Federation designs. The cruisers were a mix, one Last Stand class battlecruiser, another Federation ship, accompanied two Fearless class Star Kingdom of Phoenix ships, and a single Ramses-class Coraline Imperium strike cruiser.
Every last one of the eight warships was a starship of a member state of the Alliance of Free Stars. And as Michael watched, IFF and QCOM arrival codes suddenly began transmitting. His computer happily changed all of the icons to green in front of his mental eyes and tagged each ship in turn with its name and hull number. With a grunt, the Vice Commodore opened a direct link to Captain Roberts. They're friendlies, Captain, he said in a gracefully calm voice. Looks like the Horus and a few friends from home. That's good to hear, Roberts replied, his voice far too level for the stunt he'd just pulled on his crew and fighters. It's always nice to have friends this close to the front. You realize we fooled absolutely no one, right? 1310, February 20th, 2736, ESMDT. DSC 078 Avalon. Bridge.